podcast for this month's 3x3, our favorite freaky hands and or claws. I'll elaborate in a moment. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with Christian McCroskey. Uh, you can just call me Mrs. Masham. And with a tagline for freaky hands and claws. I don't know. Kelly Wand, is there a tagline for freaky hands and claws? Yeah. What is it? Death makes angels of us all and gives us wings where we had shoulders smooth as raven's claws. I feel like I should know what that is. It's Jim Morrison. Oh, good Favorite lord! Musicians. Oh, Jim, it is, uh, it's, it's his spoken word poetry. Of musicians. It's not even. It's what? not even. A, it's not even a Doors song. It's his spoken word poetry. That's. Oh, it Jesus might be lord. Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison. <laughs> well, I thought it was uh, Gosling doing it. Uh, <laughs> Gosling? See, my voice is just turning into. I'm doing a Godfather Two into Gosling. Yeah. Well, speaking of Godfather Two, I'm curious if you guys have watched any movies this week. Uh, who do you want to hear from? <laughs> Yourself? Yeah, I'll go first. Well, you guys consider right. it. I'm gonna. Uh, uh, we know who Ike Barinholtz is, right? We all love him. Dingus loved that little part in Sisters where uh, he falls on a music box and a ballerina goes up his butt. That was hilarious. Um, so Ike Barinholtz recently wrote and directed and starred in – he's now a triple threat – a movie called The Oath. Does either of you guys know anything about this? Is it the same character the same night, like a little later? Oh, I do like the idea that it is this character uh, several years later. Uh, so uh, it's it's one of these um, – it's billed as like a black comedy, and it's a black comedy about Thanksgiving with people who have different political perspectives. You know, it's trying to be timely. What if you're having to go spend the weekend with your relatives who are Trump supporters? It is a black Ugh. comedy. It's a satire about that, and the premise is – and Trump's name is never spoken, but it's clear what they're getting at. The premise is that the president has proposed an oath – and that everyone should voluntarily sign this oath of allegiance to – I don't even think it's to the country. It's like to him. Or, uh, yeah, but it, it's, it's, an ogen, it's an oath of allegiance, and everyone has a certain amount of time to sign it. And if you don't, that means you don't love America. And so naturally the supporters sign it, but then they start pressuring other people to sign it. And Ike Barinholtz plays a guy who he and his wife are adamantly opposed to this. They think it's a bad idea. Uh, and uh, this becomes relevant at a certain point later, but he, he's a, they're a mixed-race couple, and there's certainly uh, the the undercurrent of the president's supporters being being white and racist and narrow-minded. So when his brother and his brother's girlfriend and his sister and his mom and dad come for Thanksgiving, his brother is a super conservative oath-slash-Trump supporter. And what looks like it's just going to be an uncomfortable social comedy is the – it's what The Purge was trying to do as a movie, huh. is create out of a political climate a horror movie. And The Purge was always a little too ridiculous. It's uh, like it Get Out a little bit. That's actually a good comparison, Kelly Wand. It is like Get Out. Uh, that's a very good comparison. I didn't even think of that because I had some issues with Get Out. But it, along those lines, absolutely, it starts being very plausible and very relatable, and it gets increasingly nightmarish. And the implausible it, part is that anyone, the Trump supporters, could read or write a, a document like text, print. Well, there, there, there are a lot of intriguing bits of world building Trump about. Would write what? 
uh, about the oath, and you can just go online and digitally sign it real quick. And, and, and there's a database of who signed it, and it's public, by the way. If you have not signed it, everyone can look up your name to see if you have signed it. And so there's a lot of public pressure, and there are people demonstrating against it. Uh, so what what becomes an uncomfortable dinner conversation with Ike Barinholtz and his brother and his brother's uh, girlfriend or fiance, uh, it ends up being a, a kind of a horror movie. And it's one of those movies where it asks you not to consider the moment as you're watching it where, you know, shouldn't you have called the police by now? Like you have to uh, skip over that moment conveniently in the movie. You always have to in every Yeah, movie, exactly, exactly. Because it would make the movie – it would make the movie a lot shorter. Exactly, Kelly Wand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but The Oath, I really liked it, and I really, really liked how uncomfortable it made me feel. Like, at times, just nauseated. Uh, so I, I recommend The Oath as a, as a very relevant black comedy. Uh, Ike Barinholtz is – you know, the, his script is pretty wickedly funny and dark. He is Ike Barinholtz in it, which is all you could ask for. Uh, he directs it just fine. It's pretty much – basically set in a dining room um and my only issue would be i I feel in the end he soft pedals the issue like i really i I wish that he had leaned into it more rather than deciding to play nice at the end um right hate that yeah wording of the oath itself you might have already said this is it simple or is it more like a eula where people just disregard me oh it's, it's very yeah, simple not even read it. I, I don't think it and i don't like me i don't think it's yeah. supposed to be like a super long document it's basically oh. a stand-in for the pledge of allegiance to the american flag you know there's a certain point where people are burning copies of the oath like a and, maga hat and exactly like a maga hat uh so the thing is it's not a complicated contract so much as a gesture uh oh okay and and a, this thing where oh go on and, and just a lot of people in the movie, there are a lot of people who were the opinion is, look, it's no big deal. I just signed it. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, who who really? would just rather not undergo the aggravation of oh. being singled out and having to explain why they did or didn't sign it. They're just like, look, whatever. I signed it. I don't care. It was easy to do. Um, I'd love to not sign it and explain why. Yeah. Well, I, and that, that Kelly Wand is – everybody watching the movie – the, the movie pres- – the movie presumes that that's how the audience feels, uh, and that's sort of the dark comedy. Just like the audience of Dr. Strangelove knows that nuclear holocaust is not a good idea. Like that's it's... what's weird about Trump to me is like, didn't they just watch Game of Thrones, like a big popular show, and watch Joffrey, and they didn't see any parallel there at all? Like 33% would still re-elect Trump. That's huge. That's I don't want to live in a country where a third is like, yeah, this is great, two years into this shit. How, how's Germany working out? <laughs> uh, well, better on that front. There's one guy I talked to who likes Trump, and he's like, uh, he likes him because he, he's like Iranian or something. He's like, yeah, he's really coming down on the Shahs. Yeah, Trump. And I'm like, dude, that is such a shitty trade. I don't know what's wrong with you. And then everyone else laughs. But Trump's doing this thing where if you you uh, it's some camp it's a campaign to reelect him, and it's like it's a 1-800 number, and you're supposed to call it and thank him. And it's actually like to raise money. But the way they right. get you, the way they trick you into the call is like, call and thank him. Like, that's supposed to make the Trump. And they do it. It's like, they raise money for the wall. Did you call this this number out of curiosity, Kelly Wand? And how much no, did you pledge? All right. 100,000. But Kelly Wand. Only because I like, I like some things he's doing. That's what one guy told me on Overwatch. 
It's like, yeah, I like some things. Okay. That, that's always a yeah. great place to talk politics is with people playing video games, especially shooters. They do it on Battlefield Very popular five, shooters, yeah. yeah. Can you pledge yeah. Pl- Can you pledge pesos? Uh, it'd be funny because he would think it's a lot of money. Like, oh, we've got five billion pesos. We can make we should play. We sh- he should get trolled way more often by us. That's because he's a huge troll. We could out troll this fucking idiot. I don't know. He's pretty good. Yeah, but he's not even trying. He's Can we talk about movies? Stuff. Okay, yeah, oh. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Kelly. Wan, what's a movie that? That's why. What's a movie? I mean, you know, it's it's a politically relevant movie, and it, awesome. it, it it deals with these questions. But uh, it's a satire. It's a solid satire, and it accomplishes what The Purge was never quite able to do for me. Kelly Wand, what is a movie that you have seen this week? I'll go really fast. No, right. take your time. I want to hear about movie. I'm wondering, yeah. Well, this is a good movie for you, not so much for Dingus. But it was. Oh, one of the I love I those kinds of movies. I was, good. I was watching it for research for the topic, and then I decided it wasn't. It probably didn't fit the topic as well, mm-hmm. or something. But uh, it's called uh, it's called Parasite. I'm sure I've seen it. What is, what is it? Well, How lot. could I have not seen a movie? Is it like super old? No, it's Japanese. That's why I don't know. Oh. convinced I've seen it. Oh no, I don't think I've seen it. There's Parasite Part One and Part Two. I've only watched Part One. It's based on a, ma- a manga. Oh, good manga. lord, anime from the '80s. No, it's really good. It's. Um... Can you read the uh, synopsis real quick to us and all the names and everything? Okay, there's these parasites. I'm not sure where they come from. <laughs> they're, they're CG, and uh, they crawl in your ear and they take over your brain and they. Uh... They and wrap you... themselves around the cerebral cortex, making the victim susceptible to suggestion. You never see them again. That's that would make more sense than what really happens. It oh. makes their heads turn into like split apart their faces, and then they eat people. <laughs> they turn their face skin into like whips of flesh that whip you, and like they're super strong and they like cut through steel and stuff. And so that's how they kill you. They whip their fleshy, like an eye stock, but really thick, like a tissue Cronenberg kind of thing. And so the main story is a high school kid who's kind of shy. Um, he's listening to music, so it doesn't go in his ear. Um, and somehow it gets in his hand. And so his hand is the parasite. And so he has like, it has an eye and talks to him and a mouth, but it also turns into blades. And then they become kind of buddies. <laughs> Fight the other parasites, I think. There's a lot going on. There's part one and part two, and I'm at the cliffhanger. I didn't see part two, but, like, it's all CG, so I didn't think it would right. go with the topic. Like, he's not – and it kind of turns cutesy sometimes because this parasite's kind of nice to him. Anyway, but it's it, really it sounds, good. It sounds like it's it's pretty much true to its source material. Like, it sounds like a, a manga power fantasy Hey, what if I was a kid and I got superpowers sort of thing, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of pathos because he has a girlfriend and the and the hand squeezes her boob and she gets really offended and it's like, Ugh. and then his mom, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of hard. He gets things, harsh things happen and it, and it escalates really fast. Like another parasite, the other parasites, can, you can smell each other coming from like a while, a while away and he goes, oh, someone's coming and then he go, and then the parasite will go, he has killing intent. That's the signature phrase. It's like the parasite has content. But like they, in, they infest the school and, t- and there's lots of fight. It's lots of action. That's what I like about the Asians. They're so far ahead of us on the pacing front. Um, but yeah, it's, I think you would like it because there's not a lot of downtime. It's all parasite. I'm not going to watch some yeah, Japanese why? crappy. 
because those sorts of things I've tried to watch those sorts of things and they're they're the turn off. Well, I just don't think they're very well made. They're, no, uh, you know, they they lean so much on a sympathetic high school kid protagonist, and then just lots of CG. Uh, that there are weird like tone shifts in a lot of Japanese like horror like slash comedy things. It's growing um, on me. Our yeah. stuff seems too simple minded, and you it's like all the pulse. same. Yeah, uh, you like some uh, Japanese you stuff. Like yeah. Well, but but that I mean that's J horror. What you're describing sounds like ma- a manga adaptation. It's horror. No, Japanese part horror. There's body but, horror stuff. But Japanese horror, that whole that whole uh, thing from from Ringu and Pulse, that is not that has nothing to do with manga. Like that's that's its own cinematic invention. These manga adaptations, like I said, you're describing something. Hey, what if I was a kid and I got superpowers? I just soon watch Spider Man into the Spider Verse again. No, but it's not just that. It's it's an it's like if the thing was in your school so there's a horror like arc to it so why don't i just why don't i just watch the faculty uh well that's good too (laughs) but it's like the faculty it's similar that's actually see i I get out at you and you faculty me uh, the faculty's great no i agree yeah because robert doesn't make your case at all you have to name a if robert rodriguez if robert rodriguez directed the movie that you're talking about kelly wand i'm in that's it's the pretty difference. similar. I don't know. I'm just saying, look, the only reason I watched it was for different reasons that I wound up getting really into it. And movie – I know your zone too. And it's, I'm telling <laughs> you, there's enough horror in it. Right. Because it's All a right. lot of – there's enough horror. It's I will try. It's sufficiently horror to – and you'll know early on if you're into it or not. So here's the issue, Kelly Wan. There are two things that this is confused with. The parasite that I know that I actually watched within the last year for some reason. Uh, do you know who Charles Band is? He does no. all those like – he worked with Stuart Gordon a lot. He does these like uh, toy doll movies. Uh, I think it was Full Moon was his studio. Just a bunch of Uh-oh. really, really awful 80s horror. And he started with a movie called Parasite, which is a post-apocalypse thing. And it the lead actor is some Italian – Guy who he's some guy from Italian cinema and he's just <laughs> awful and they 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 thought I presume that that he would be great for American audiences but uh, it's Demi Moore's first movie I think that's what it's well known for. What? Um, I haven't seen it? it. No, you would never have seen it. It's really bad. It's it's Charles Band it's at his Steel? worst. It's it's no it's Seventh it's, Sign. Seventh Sign. It's Sorry. the sort of thing that you Sorry, can Bergman. watch that you can watch because it's on YouTube in its entirety because probably no one has the rights or cares about it anymore. Or there's an MST3K app of it. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So the other issue, Kelly Wand, is uh, the uh, Bong Joon-ho uh, – there's a, there's a Korean director named Bong Joon-ho who just did a movie called Okja for uh, uh, Netflix. Um, his next movie, which I think Netflix is also carrying, is called Parasite, but it's no relation to the manga, and it's no relation to the Charles Band movie. So that, that'll be out. It predates in... it, so you can't get on this movie for stealing the title. Right. No, no, no. I'm just saying that I'm, there are two issues of confusion that, that uh, are liable to come up with people wanting to watch Parasite. Well, the why takes care of that. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay, that's easy to Google. All right. Parasite, S-Y-T-E. Okay. Oh. I'm leaving out a lot of plot elements because I don't want to spoil it for you. Good. All right. Well, I look forward to discovering it then. Yeah. A lot of twists. Should twists Dingus and turns. And, and you should... read a terrible book called Parasite. Ooh. Yeah, the uh, Ramsey Campbell one? Was it Nano? Was there was some weird book that you had around here. Me or uh, – oh, Prey. You're thinking of the Michael Crichton oh, thing. Oh, Prey. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's Michael Why Crichton's – Why was that in the trash? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh, all right, so uh, Parasite for me, the oath for both of you, uh, but Parasite only for me. Dingus, what did you well, watch? Well, a mom, so maybe Dingus like it. Dingus, here. what did you watch, and is it for me and or Kelly or neither of us? Uh, it is for both of you. Sweet. Um, but I'm not sure you're going to like it, but you definitely should see it. And uh, we've talked a little bit about it, Tom. It's um, called The the Favorite. Uh, oh. And um, this is a, one of those oh, movies wow. where uh, my girlfriend just said, all right, we're going to the movies. Meet me at the theater at such and such a time. I'm not telling you what we're seeing. Um, and uh, I had actually tried to go see it. A couple That's every weeks. night. Well, I had tried to go see it a couple weeks before uh, and like went into like m- some movie search, like like local movie time search app thing to try to find it. And I spelled it the way that Americans spell the word favorite. And I kept getting this weird. I said, that's not the thing I'm looking for. But it's spelled favorite, F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E, uh, because, you know, after all, it's about England. Um, and. The thing that's di- – okay, so uh, I'm not going to say a lot about it because uh, it, it's a movie you should see before the uh, end of the year if you can. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to wind up on my list, which is why I'm comfortable talking about it, but I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. Uh, I will say this. It's, it's about um, – it's about Queen Anne of England uh, in the early 18th century. <laughs> oh! But it's directed but by – But she's Asian, Tom. But it's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, so it, it has this weird sensibility with these weird sort of, uh, comic and strange, sur- Tom, almost, death of Stalin. almost absurd blended in comic elements. Um, especially in the dances where you suddenly realize there, there's this, there's this scene where, where the, there's a huge crowd dancing and you suddenly realize this isn't, wait, what? Did, did they do that? No, come on. Uh, and it's it's really weird. Um, the acting is really, really good. Um, it has uh, Rachel Weisz, uh, Olivia Coleman, um, and uh, Emma um, Emma Stone in it. Uh, and uh, also Nicholas Holt. Um, and they're they're very good. The, it's the difficult thing for me is is really it's very, very difficult to thread the needle. Uh, when you're when you're making a movie, um, where none of the where none of the characters are particularly likable, so that you, that the viewer actually likes the movie. I don't think Kelly Wand and I have an issue with that thing. Is that's a you issue? Yeah, that is a me issue, and it was an issue of uh, another person who went to see the movie with us. Um, all three of us kind of had that same issue. Uh, but what's interesting to me, and this is why I'm really glad that I was going to talk about this movie, is because of what you were talking about earlier, Tom, with the oath. Because um, there is a real resonance as politically with the way our our government is being run right now. Because it's England at war with France and not being able to pay for it and uh, and basically a ruler who's not interested in ruling um, we shall and, put the wall across the channel. That's how so, English people talk. So it was it was weird watching it, and I don't know if it's just my political leanings or me reading into it or if Yorgos Lanthimos is actually uh, bringing this story out because of what's going on in America right now. But I definitely it definitely resonated with me on that level. Um, but uh, I, I'm I, I mainly want you guys to see it because I just want to hear what you have to say about it. 
Can you see any connective tissue between that and um, the lobster and its killing of a sacred deer? Or is it just completely a whole different thing? Uh, I definitely do. I definitely see that that type of stuff. Just because of his his weird – he's got a, a real definite uh, visual and storytelling sensibility. Um, there's a weird uh, pacing that he does. Uh, he does this weird fisheye lens thing a lot of the time. Um, Is and... that a stone have a British accent? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, cool. I'm in. I was and... in before. <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 anyway, I, I, w- I would be really interested to hear what you guys have to say about Why it. Why isn't Kelly Wand asking uh, about Nicholas Holtz or Rachel Weiss's English accent? I forgot. Nicholas Holtz on it? <laughs> Uh, I think he's actually English, isn't he? Or maybe not. Colin's not in it. Colin Farrell's not in it. He was busy. Yeah, he was busy. What was <laughs> what was really a pleasure for me though was seeing um, Olivia. Is he though? What? Is was he busy? It, was seeing right. Olivia Coleman because I had just watched all of The Night Manager, and uh, uh, and she's so good in that, uh, and this is just something completely different. Um, and she's, she's just, I really, really love her as an actress. Uh, and I loved her in the night manager and, um, I loved that show. So then going to see her after having seen that whole series, going to see her in this was quite a pleasure because she's just, she's just a knockout. I really, really like her. Kelly Wan, do you know who Olivia Coleman is? Do you have a frame of reference for that? No, but most Olivia's are pretty hot. <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah, exactly. You can't just have that name and Olivia not be Hussey. Hot. Right. Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Olivia still alive. Uh, she plays, Olivia though, Wilde. she's the, she was the matron of the, the Institute and the Lobster. She's uh, Phoebe Waller, no, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's uh, stepmom in Fleabag. Um, what else did you know oh, from? I didn't see that. What? You told me to watch it. Oh, you're uh, the worst. I couldn't. All right, fine, whatever. You I had don't a like... girlfriend at the time. <laughs> you don't like She's good things. I don't like it. Yeah. No, I usually hate good things. But so I usually Dingus, have to if, make that decision. <laughs> if you were to characterize uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer as a Yorgos Lanthimos horror movie and The Lobster as a Yorgos Lanthimos uh, romance, would this be like a Yorgos Lanthimos historical drama? Yeah, is it his David Lean? Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. No, because he he tinkers with it too much. Okay. Um, it's it's got more comic elements to it. Okay. You know, but but, but the lobster the lobster did as well. You know, the lobster had a weird dark comedy aspect to it. If you remember the toaster, if you remember some of the things. I mean, the very premise of the movie, for instance, is weirdly comic and dark. There's no lobsters in it. That to me was funny. There's but, no sacred uh, deers in Killing of a Sacred Deer either, Kelly. Yeah, it's tricked me twice with animals. Dingus, is there a favorite Lobster. in the favorite? Uh, there are lobsters in it. Ah, see? There you go, Kelly Wand. So that answers your connective tissue question. <laughs> <laughs> there are lobsters, there are ducks, there are horses. All right, so the favorite currently in theaters, <laughs> The Oath, available to watch online, and Parasite. Have, who knows where yeah. Parasite is? Part one. 
part oh, one. I... Right, right. Kelly will, will report back on part two. Yeah, they did a they back to the future did. And remember, the only one that's spelled correctly that doesn't have spelling shenanigans is the one that I picked. Kelly Wan says parasite with a Y. Dingus is his favorite with a U. Uh, so keep that in mind when you're looking these movies Yours up. Yours is the only correctly spelled American. That is correct. Right. So when they remake it in England, they'll put an E after Oath. Right, yes, Dingus. <laughs> or yeah. they just might, ye old Oath, right. It's funny because Cockney, they take out letters. So they're adding letters and then take Very perverse culture. Yeah. Kelly Wand, I'd like to do a three-by-three three now <laughs> about freaky hands and claws. Kelly Wand, what is your opinion of the Predator? Why is uh why is Kelly going is Kelly gonna go first? Who's no going? no I'm just having him segue because Dingus I'm going first. The whole oh yeah that's right yeah because uh, Kelly's uh, going first Dingus. Oh sorry go ahead you were also gonna... he's gonna help me segue because he and I are the ones who have issues with the predator's hands. Ah uh, Bach okay yeah. I have predator the whole predators is right you hate the whole predator hands are like the rest of them and Tom thinks the the hands are the one Achilles heel visually of the predator. The hands def- are dumb because you can't punch those buttons with those hands and right. especially and they, sign those buttons. they don't even try the 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 little latex glove on the actor's fingers pushes backwards when he mushes down on the button and it yeah. looks dumb so for, it's dumb and movies should know better especially movies that take care with their monsters like the predator usually does uh so what we're going to talk well, about the alien has awesome fingers and it's a fox franchise so it's like seeing them side by side reminds because even the facehugger has cool fingers okay, well, hey we're going to talk what? about him. Maybe those will come up. Uh, so we're going to talk about our favorite hands and claws that are presumably freaky. Uh, we we mentioned – well, we mentioned uh, – I because I, I look at hands a lot – not a lot, but it's something that I'll notice in a movie. <laughs> and when we saw The the Little Stranger, there was a, a shot showing Ruth Wilson's hands where I believe they had a stunt hand person. And her hands just looked really worn and old. And she's also got a really freaky scene where her hands get infected with mold and get all cancerous and tumorous in I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. So I've just had I'm hands – the same up. stunt hand person who has to go through that, that was That was CG or special effects in I am the pretty thing. I think it was, I think it was a stunt man. It was a practical effect. A stunt man or a stunt person in The Little Stranger, I believe. Yeah. I wanted to murder that movie. Go on. Well, we're going to talk about our favorite then Freaky Hands and Claws, and Kelly Wand, who will be introducing next month's topic at the end of the podcast, will start us out with his third favorite Freaky Hand or Claw. Mine are all really short. That's what I like about this topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what about your picks? <laughs> They're similar. But number three pick for Freaky Claws is Nosferatu. I mean, Nosferatu? Wait, um, is there, wait, there's a question mark at the end? Well, like a Romeo and Michelle. Because <laughs> uh, his fingers look like nails. And he has like four joints in them. Kelly Wan, what year is that movie? 1922, but I like the Klaus Kinski one. Also, and as, there's a Klaus Kinski claw quote where he said, uh, uh, "If I was a cat, my cl- talent would be claws. Since I'm like a cat, my my <laughs> talents like claws." Or something. That's one of the less crazy things Klaus Kinski has ever said. I know He's, <laughs> he is my best fiend. Uh, uh, so yeah. Nosferatu is a famous one. I'm glad you mentioned that because that that I I think informs a lot of what horror movies think of as freaky hands and claws. Yeah. Is that famous... Old standard. Law. Exactly, right. Kelly Wand, you went back Shadow. to the classic original. 1922, that's amazing to me. 
Also, his ears and his teeth are like his claws, and then... <laughs> like, know, all together all as a package, it's, it's really freaky. Like, all those elements, the eyes, the ears, the teeth, and the claws. It's uh, like and... Mr. Spock's uh, black sheep brother. Oh, they could be related. Yeah, we don't know. Right. Nosferatu could be a... He wasn't even wearing makeup. Nosferatu could be a Klingon, for all we know. All right, nerd. <laughs> As opposed to what I did. But yeah, Nosferatu. All right, Nosferatu. Kelly Wand, r- excellent choice. You have not screwed up the topic yet. Not yet. What's Dingus. The, what's the Willem Dafoe one? Oh, shoot. What is that? Vampire Lover. No, I, v- Vampire's Kiss is a Nicolas Cage one. What is the Willem Dafoe one, Kelly Wand? Where he's playing Nosferatu in a movie and he freaks out and thinks he's oh, a vampire. Not Gods and Monsters. No. Uh, no. It's got some weird name that's hard to remember. All right. Like, like something of the vampire. I just remember yeah. him. Shadow, Shadow of the, the vampire. Shadow of the vampire. Shadow of the vampire. Oh, okay. Isn't that it? Vampire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It didn't sound wrong when I said when I said it, so that makes me <laughs> think I'm right. Okay. Fair enough. Shadow of the vampire. I don't really like that movie though. Yeah, I remember it not. Really working for me. I like either, Gods but... and Monsters more, and I don't like biopics in general. And the Gods and Monsters was a little bit more interesting. Well, that's but... Frank. That's Frankenstein. No one cares about Frankenstein, Kelly Wand. But Frankenstein's better than Nosferatu. Is no, movie. no. Frankenstein is not better. The only thing Frankenstein is better than Kelly Wand is a mummy. Everything's better than a mummy. I know. I know. That's my point. That is my point. Kelly Wand, you a just made my is point. Just Egyptian Frankenstein. <laughs> Without a theme, but the have you seen the you've seen the Herzog one, right? Herzog one, what? Mummy? Herzog one, sir. Uh, Herzog uh, Nosferatu. No, why would I see that? It's foreign and old. No, 1979's too old for you to see, Mister Parasite. In in Europe, yeah, European movies, sure. No, it's really. I can't believe what you haven't seen. It's so weird to me. You're the hey, weirdest man. Dingus' Jaws, thing makes total sense to me compared to you. Jaws was made in Europe. Yeah, what if Jaws had been European? Listen how stupid you'd sound there. Yeah, we would, it, that's called Piranha 2 The Spawning. It's an Italian Dude. crappy aquatic horror movie. That, Go uh, watch Herzog's fucking Nosferatu, you dumbass. All right, love I will. It. It's I will. So, it, he really fucks with the story, and it's got a crazy ending. It's all a right. really good ending. No, I, 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 it's I, like he takes the shitty – you know what? Dracula's boring when they go to London, and it's like Herzog goes all, yeah, let's just keep the good parts of Dracula. It's just like the interesting, cool shit. All right. No, I'm I'm on board with Werner Herzog. I, I pretty much – but the thing How's is – Kinski is Nosferatu. You wouldn't watch that. Like just on – just to see. No, How it's old. You? Why would I watch that when I could be watching 79. the – I could be watching The Oath, Kelly Wand. Dude, you're fucking weird. <laughs> you really haven't seen it. No, why would no? The seventy nine? Oh, Let's see, I've seen uh that curious case the rats? With, uh yeah. It's got no, lots of rats not, in it. I've not Benjamin seen it. Button. Dingus, have you seen it? No, it I yeah. it, I think not of it Dingus. it's not a serious vampire. I, I'm a I'm more of a fit I'm a Fitzcarraldo Aguera Wrath of God type guy, Kelly Wand. You're weird. <laughs> for not having seen it. That's all. I can't believe it. You're a horror enthusiast. You'll watch fucking uh, Blood Beach, which is older, but... Oh, dumbass. Mm, all right. Blood Beach. I'm just a grizzly man person. Dingus, speaking of weird, what is your third favorite claw or freaky hand? All right, here's a quote from it. <laughs> um... That doesn't look very scary. More like a six-foot turkey. Oh, Jurassic Park. 
Yes. So it's uh, um, it's literally the Velociraptor claw, but it's it's twice in the movie. It's the claw that uh, Dr. Grant is carrying around with him that he uses to uh, teach that weird. I don't know. He looks like Cameron Bright, eight Cameron Bright kid um, at the at the dig. Uh, to teach him what a velociraptor actually is, because the kid goes, that looks like it's six foot turkey. And so this is where we get the lesson of what a velociraptor is in the world of this movie. I mean, in in actual velociraptor times, in the in the days of the velociraptor, they were not six feet tall, they were littler. Uh, but the movie makes them six feet tall so that they can appear more menacing, because taller things are more menacing, I guess. Um, and so he has this claw that he that he carries with him is it's, it's, it's his, it's, uh, I wouldn't say if, if it's his talisman, but it's, it's something that, that he, he's always carried with him since, uh, since digging it up, I guess. And I don't know that you're allowed to do that, but he does anyway. Uh, and he puts it, you know, between his fingers. And I remember seeing the movie for the first time, having read, uh, Jurassic Park and having read about, the way that the velociraptors used that that claw it was it was it had a specific purpose to eviscerate the the victim um and it wasn't like a normal like claw uh of a bird it was it was a, it was a specific ex, like it had a specific different shape than the rest of the velociraptors um foot or hand or whatever you call a velociraptor thing uh it and and then he he puts it between his fingers so that it's it's protruding out and he gives this kid a lesson saying you know but the thing is the one who's coming at you isn't the one that is the problem it's because they are out in, in force today it's the ones that you don't see from the side and then he rips you open this way and he like rips the claw across the kid not really across him but just in front of him and says and and the thing is you know you're alive uh, as they're eating you um because your guts spill out and then later on, I mean, this sets up later on when you actually see the velociraptors, especially in the kitchen, and you see the that weird claw, that weird external. It, the, I, I'm, I, can't, I keep saying external, but it's not that. But it, it's extra, this extra appendage almost. It feels like you see it tap, tap, tapping on on the uh, on the floor of the kitchen, and on and when they jump up on to the uh, stainless steel tables of the kitchen as the kids are are trying to get away from him. Uh, you see that thing just go, tick, 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 and you yeah. and you know what that thing is for. Uh, so preparing it's, food, and he's in a kitchen. Yeah, and so it's it sort of heightens because of the way it's set up earlier on, with Doctor Grant holding that thing, um, it sets it up for being much more horrific and scary. In my opinion, I just remember being terrified, knowing. I mean, you're watching the Steven Spielberg movie so that the kids are going to be fine i mean you understand that but nevertheless because they've set up earlier on how that works and then the claw makes another appearance when he drops it and and he realizes that uh this isn't a game anymore and carrying this thing around was really not worth it <laughs> so uh, anyway Ding i just love that claw that <laughs> dingus what is the uh, uber dinosaur in the last jurassic park movie we saw what was that called do you remember oh gosh no I don't. Oh, we'll call it an ultrasaur or whatever. So that my number two favorite was actually that kind of thing, but a very specific one in Jurassic Park Bedroom Dinosaur, where the dinosaur is so, – so is Jay Bayona directing it using his 
sort of rich European wooden walls, stately manor setting, uh, and then putting a dinosaur in it. And there's one really inspired scene where the ultrasaur, whatever it is, which is a super smart, way, way bigger raptor, because they have to make a cooler one for every movie. It was, was it the Indominus, or was that the one in the... That, I think, was the second one, Indominus Rex. Yeah, they had I think some it was other... Ocean Master. Ocean Master, yes, Kelly Wand. It was the Ocean Master dinosaur. Yeah. But there's a really stylized scene where the... Ocean Master Saurus. Where this particular raptor has way more prehensile hands and feet. Uh, it, it's, it's more exaggerated. It's more grotesque, like a monster oh. claw. And there's a super almost fetishistic scene about the monster's claw when it's reaching down into the little girl's bedroom and tapping on the window and it opens the window and then there's a long side shot of its hand its claw reaching over the little girl's bed while she's got the the blankets pulled up to her face and she's terrified Yeah, it's, well, it's also – it's primal, but it's the stuff of fairy tales. Yeah, uh, it's like it, a kid was, it would actually fear happening. Exactly. It's I mean, it, happening to her. It's so – It's dinosaur pulling my covers back. It's so exaggerated, whereas, Dingus, what you're talking about is a way more plausible scientific image of this is what it would do to you, and this is what these creatures are like in the wild, and this is the whole predator-prey relationship. That's what that's evoking. But I love how J.A. Bayona – puts that in a child's nightmare fairy tale setting uh, at the end of Jurassic Park Bedroom Dinosaur. I love that moment, and I love just – it's like a cat's uh, claw that hasn't been trimmed in, in like 20 years, oh, yeah, yeah. like where it wraps around and curls so much that it's got to be painful to, to pick up things with it. I mean he's got to be constantly pricking his own fingers, uh, his own hand. Uh, but that's my number two pick is the way that J.A. Bayona used what you're talking about, but a way more exaggerated version of it. So, so that was – that's Jurassic – So World. Jurassic Kingdom. World Evolution. Oh, no, no. King, right. Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom. Right. Uh, you, ugh. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, ugh is right. Well, what I, that reminds me of is the way I, uh, uh, our friend Alexandra owns a lot of birds um, and – one of them she's fostering hasn't had its claws trimmed in forever. And uh, it, it's harder for the bird to eat because they're curling around so much. And the way you the way you talk about that evokes the way this bird looks. And this bird is docile, doesn't hurt you or anything. But it, it has to grasp its food. Some birds grasp their food um, like, a, like you would with a hand – like, like grasping a carrot if you would take a whole carrot in your hand. Uh, but this bird's claws are starting to curl around in the way you're describing, and that right. really that's really evocative of that. Yeah. It's like Nosferatu's fingernails when you don't clip them. They, they get <laughs> freaky. Yeah. A kid uh, not only dies in Lost World, but he turns it into kind of like a funny joke. It's like the beginning, the compies, the chicken guys. Oh, the second you know, movie. I forget their names. Yeah, how can you remember their stupid names? Because uh, I like the first two. I like the – except for the Jim Cotta kid, I like the stuff in the um, trailers. But the kid dies at the beginning of Lost World. That, that, that it immediately endeared me to it, although it happens off screen. But the mom sees the kid's body ravaged by the copies, and she screams, and it turns into Jeff Goldblum being screamed at. She doesn't That's die. Right. She just gets hurt. What? She's fine, oh, Kelly Wand. At the end of the That's movie, not a you... scream of my kid's hurt. Where Kelly Wand, at the end of the movie, her. you see her in a hospital with a bandage around her head. She's fine. She doesn't <sighs> die at the beginning. There, she just gets attacked. Yeah. 
It's it, it, she's scared, Kelly Wan. I'll give you that. She's very frightened, but uh, I don't think she gets killed. That would never happen in that movie. I gotta watch it again now. I thought she died. <laughs> I, I was really enjoying were. that movie. Uh, my third favorite. <laughs> My third favorite freaky hand or claw is actually a hand, and I, this movie doesn't hold up. I'm not sure it ever did. I think you had to be in high school to make this movie work. But um, Robert De Niro in Angel Heart has these uh, immaculate, oh, immaculate, slightly too long fingernails, and his character is Louis Cipher. No, oh, it's Lucifer. Like I, I don't, I don't know. At one point in Angel Heart, Alan Parker expects you to understand what's going on or if you yeah, really because no. the thing the book, is bro. well the thing is i you know i've watching angel heart when you know everything is going on it, it, it's like ludicrous how obvious stuff is and i'm wondering yeah. is there ever a point you're watching angel heart because you haven't seen it that this stuff is really cool and the reveals are actual reveals and i, I don't know the answer to that mm -hmm. um but watching it knowing what's going on it all just seems so heavy-handed and over obvious mm -hmm. but i love uh how uh Robert De Niro is sinister just by talking quietly uh, and also by his weird fingernails. And every time – and I didn't remember this till I watched it this week – every time that Mickey Rourke meets with him, because he meets him two more times – actually three more times in the movie, his fingernails are a little longer. Oh. Uh, which I didn't notice, and you know, there's the scene where early on he's twirling the cane, and Alan Parker loves showing us shots of his hands on the cane twirling it. And then the second scene, he's he's uh, cracking an egg that yeah, he is going to eat, a uh, hard boiled. Well, the thing is, that's the whole thing. Is even he says in the scene. Did you know that the egg is a metaphor for the soul in many oh. cultures? Like he tells that to Mickey Rourke, <laughs> and I he's, remember that. I remember. Yeah. Oh, I remember that moment and going and groaning at the time too. And but the whole thing. Like, I like. I like that you bring it up because that's the the prevailing image for me is him tapping that egg. Yeah, yeah, and and he does this I mean, thing too. Tone, eh? He does this thing too, which makes me want to eat a hard-boiled egg. Where he taps it to crack it, and then he lays it sideways and just gently rolls it back and forth oh, like a rolling right, pin. Right. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's a cool way to get the shell off of an egg. I want to go make a hard-boiled egg." Uh, so. I think that's where I learned to do that. Is I do that too? Oh, you—that's hot, Kelly Wand. You're like the—you're like the, the devil. devil. Yeah, yeah. That's um. the devil's way to. <laughs> What's eat the an egg? third time you see his fingers? Uh, so let's see. He meets him uh, a third time in Louisiana, like once for the job, another time in uh, in in New York after Mickey Rourke has thought he's at a dead end. Then down in Louisiana, he says, and I don't know what it's getting toward. He says he's down there for a speaking engagement. I don't know why the devil goes to Louisiana for a speaking engagement. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> at the very end, where Alan Parker thought, "Hey, let's do special effects and give him yellow eyes." Which, if that's not bad uh, enough, do you guys remember the last shot of Angel Heart? Uh, something kind of Jacob's Laddery. Oh, it, it, I wish. Uh, it's his little baby. <laughs> it's it's basically his his son. He, it's his son that, or no, no, it would be his grandson, uh, with yellow eyes, like the, the little baby pointing uh, at him with the yellow either. eyes. Do you guys remember that? I don't it, remember. It's that at so all. tacky and weird and awkward. And I don't even remember a baby. In yeah, because Lisa Bonet is a mother. She's a young mother, and she's got the little kid with her most of the time. Uh, and then at the end, you know, she's dead. Uh, I didn't remember this. Uh, Taylor, no, Lou, Ta no. What's the, not Lou Taylor Pucci. What's the guy, Dingus, that... Uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Pruitt Taylor Vince. Did Wait, you guys, say your version again? Well, Lou Taylor Pucci is the Pucci. guy from a movie oh. Carriers that, that we really like. He was in the uh, uh, the, uh, the Evil Dead remake. I love that kid. He's great. Um, yeah. But Pruitt... 
Taylor Pruitt Vince. He, I think most people know him from Nobody's Fool, uh, but he's a very and young Constantine. Constantine, exactly, Dingus, right? A very young Pruitt Taylor Vince with a very dapper hairstyle and mustache is the one of the cops who's dogging Mickey Rourke's footsteps in Louisiana in oh. Angel Heart. And it's it's amazing seeing just the guy like he could pass for handsome at this point like Pruitt Taylor Vince I, I love this guy as an actor Johnny but, handsome but he's 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 overweight he's got the weird eye uh, so he tends to get very freaky character roles but watching him in Angel Heart he's a good looking guy who just happens to have a weird eye um, and 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 Alan Parker plays to that he's just like this freaky cops sidekick so he's the one who walks out at the very end holding the baby and now the baby has these demon yellow eyes and it it looks if the baby didn't have the demon eyes it would look so cool Pruitt Taylor Vince there the child now that you know it's heritage uh, and the child's reaching out to Mickey Rourke like that would be something but Alan Parker's like no let's make his eyes glow yellow uh, which is just one touch too many. Way overboard with the yellow eyes. Um, well, Prue Taylor Vince doesn't just have a weird eye. He's got something called nystagmus, I think, where his eye, where his eyes just move involuntarily, like they just kind of like twitch weirdly. Right, right. They just do this weird like kind of a thing. Right, yeah. And and like in in Nobody's Fool, they didn't make a big deal of it. Like in Nobody's Fool, he was just kind of the slow, friendly sidekick of the main guy. Oh, I forgot. That. Um, yeah, I love him in that. Uh, uh, what was the controversy about Angel Heart? I remember there being controversy about Lisa Bonet for some reason. Well, because she was, I guess, she from, was the Cos- she was from the Cosby yeah. Show, which is a whole. Cosby all told American. her to do it. Well, that's that. revealing. Okay, good. <laughs> she's good in it. She is good. She is great in it. She's just super, because I, she's naked. Yeah, she's naked in it. Well, no, she's Constance. good in it in that she's like super sultry and she's playing this siren. She's she's kind of the femme fatale in a noir movie, um, and she's really relaxed and she definitely has chemistry with Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is great in it. I mean, the yeah. the movie's super like cl- the movie's super clumsy, but it's beautiful and the actors are all solid, and it's just it's got a, a clumsy presentation of the script. Alan Parker is definitely not known for his subtlety. I was a fan of the book, and it was a faithful retelling. So yeah. I saw it. So I don't know if it's if, if it was tricky or not either, because I went into it knowing. Oh right, right. And the book it's a little more subtle because there's less visuals. Right, just, right. And he's the narrator, so he's unreliable. Well, that's part of the. That's one of the cool things in the movie too, is how it all comes together. I mean, that's classic noir too. Is you're investigating something, and it turns out that what you're investigating is relevant to you personally, and your background, and your history. You know, whether right. you're talking about. Uh, Oedipus Rex or, or Chinatown, like that's the whole point of detective fiction in a way, and especially when yeah. it goes noir, uh, is that you are at the center of the investigation, you didn't realize it, and Angel Heart is just such a great example of that. Yeah. The so. thing that bugged me about it, yeah, you're the culprit, and you're writing a book about it. About, you're writing a hard-boiled dick novel about yourself, and then you turn out to be the Spoiler. Issue. Spoiler. <laughs> but yeah, right. But his, his, he used to, he was a musician in the other life or whatever. Oh, and his, oh right, his right, name right, was, right. His name was Johnny Favorite. But I, thought, right. I don't want to have that name in my head during this story. Well, and the character's name is he, Harry is Harry Angel. Harry Angel, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and the book was called Falling Angel. So you're like, right, right. sure. Kelly Wand, it is time now for you to tell the listeners what your second favorite freaky hand or claw is from a movie. I was going to say one other thing about uh, there's a supermodel named Sarah McDaniel, and she has different colored eyes. 
and she's really pretty, but the eye thing freaks me out, and I can't look at her. It's like, uh, it's too much. I don't like the different eye thing. So I was wondering if you guys... Works for David Bowie. That's a groovy mutation. Do you know what that what that quote is from? I, no, I do not. Uh, uh, Wrath of Khan. Days of Future Past. It's from um, X-Men First Class. Ugh. When uh, the young... The young so when I said Days of Future Past, it's not that different. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kelly got it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah. says it's like I forget what the scientific term is. It's like heterochromia or something. Yeah, heterochromia uh, iridum. Oh, it is okay. And he says that's a groovy mutation. Yeah, yeah. it is. Kelly, one, do you have any other issues that. issues with supermodels that you should let us know about? Well, that's why I liked it. Is like <laughs> I'd turn her down. <laughs> Take that supermodel. Like I would. It's the only supermodel I'd probably say no to. So it's cool to. Be on top of the heat for once, Tom. Number two is uh, <laughs> not a minor CG, by the way, because I realized during Parasite that that was uh, it. Kind of fell into what you were talking about with Aquabad versus Spider Bad, or like you have to have a human face to ah, uh, right. feel the identity. And then Parasite's hand was so CG, I was like, ah, this isn't a. That's not a freaky hand. It's just a CG hand. Right. It would turn into different things. So. My number two, it's probably a stupid one, but it made an impression on me at the time. It was in American Werewolf in London. He transforms really slowly at that first time. And there's like, there's a point. He just starts screaming out of nothing. He's like reading a book. He's like, ah! He starts turning a werewolf, and it hurts, apparently. Which didn't, that was, that was a new thing that John Lannis introduced. Was that the idea of transformation, your bones turning into stuff actually hurts. Like, it's mm. not like a relaxing transformation. And there's like... An intermediate phase where he's staring at his hand and his hand's getting super long and uh, he's screaming while his hand gets longer and longer. And it's like a practical effect. I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, turning into a wolf sounds not that bad, but if your hands just if your hands just turned into that and stayed like that, it would suck. And it's like you got to just go around. Kelly, one, I think you've picked the two, and I'm not joking at all, the two most famous examples of what I'm talking about. Because that's a that's a Rick Baker special effect, and I think yeah. that movie is where he made his name. Uh, like that's that's Rick Baker just really showing what he can do, and that hand specifically. Also, when he falls over and you see his back, but specifically that shot yeah. of the hand is. The, uh, that's the still that you use when you talk about Rick Baker's right. effects in American Werewolf in London. Uh, is Pure that... body horror. And I was like really young at the time, so it was exciting to be a kid during that era and see stuff that was like way too horrific for kids to see. It was yeah, great. yeah, yeah. That's a sort of cover your eyes movie. For it was There's not even movie. anything wolf-like about it. So you're a kid going to see American Werewolf, and then the nightmare stuff's like, God damn, this movie's <laughs> why are there Why are there Nazis killing the... Yeah, uh, the Muppet <laughs> show is on. It is nightmare. That's, that'll fuck with... That'll fuck with right. a, kid, a kid's right. head and uh, it's got the logan's run girl in it her boobs again you can see her naked again and then uh but that's a great pick then, yeah yeah well now just i'm just reliving it in my mind how, yeah. so that's actually really interesting i didn't i i don't think i've ever even seen that movie um uh, dingus but, so typical it's but, hard to picture dingus watching it but it's but, such a classic film well, yeah. what i love about it is your description of of the growth of bone hurting because that's it, it, you crunchy know, carrot uh, and he's screaming a, like it really hurts but that's yeah. a real thing that 
that humans go through and parents have to deal with this. You know, <laughs> when we talk about growing pains, we we're not talking about the television show, but we sometimes talk about it in a metaphorical sense. But um, when your kid is uh, littler, but even when they, they get older uh, and and they're growing, their bones are growing and yeah. there are there are certain growth spurts that happen where where their legs really hurt or their arms really yeah. hurt and you have to figure out ways to deal with that pain because it's it's literally uh the bones getting longer and bigger and and that's painful so yeah. you describing this happening basically in an instant or in a matter of seconds however long i don't know how long the sequence goes but uh forever you, you, you describing that is is actually I think biologically appropriate and very interesting. And that's where um, werewolf yeah. movies, like the Ginger Snap movies, are basically using werewolf mythology as a metaphor for puberty. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Like the only movie where being a werewolf's awesome is Wolf, Jack Nicholson. Like he really likes it. It makes his life awesome. It fixes everything. His, his vision's better. He's getting better sex from a younger lady. Well, I, that's – no, I think – People like the American Werewolf in London is, is exceptional, but the the allure of the the whole werewolf mythology is you you do become a super powerful apex predator, mortal being. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and even he likes it actually in American Werewolf. After the transformation, which seems like the worst event that's ever happened to him, and it's right after his friends gotten killed, and then his friends like you got to kill yourself, dude. And he's like, no, I got uh, Logan's Run Girl. It's all right. I got it. I, I, I can handle this. Right. Right. He still likes it. Uh, all right, Dingus, what is your number two favorite hand or claw that's freaky? Well, Kelly, you guys just made me think of something else that I can't change, so I'll just stick with the one I have. What? Um, you can you, change no, before no, you say it. That's I'm going to stick with it. Uh, here's a quote from it. Uh, are you saying you could turn this prawn hand into a human hand? You can make me human again? Is it the fly? That can't be right. No, but the fly is what you guys just made me think of. Uh, this is from a movie called District Nine, um, uh, where Wickus his his hand becomes this prawn <laughs> or alien hand. That's right? the manga fly. And uh, one of the things that's funny about it, and you know, it's disgusting and it freaks him out. Uh, and but the upshot of it is literally, I should have they should have used the word upshot. The the thing about it is that. They can't use the alien weapon technology because they humans can't use that. But Wickus accidentally figures out that he can because he has gotten this fluid uh, that changes his DNA and changes his hand so that he can use these alien weapons, uh, which is really weird. And the whole transformation is, is disgusting, and he wants to be able to transfer back. Um and you know, at first I was thinking about Christopher, the alien. I really like Christopher and, and his little kid who are harvesting all this alien goo so that they can power their ship to get power their their little ship to get back up to the mothership. Um, and Christopher is saying, "Yeah, we have we have procedures. I can take you back and I can fix you, but I can't do it here. Um, I can't fix your prawn hand here, which you know, prawn is a derogatory <laughs> term, of course." Um, but I, it, but if I get enough of this alien goo, and uh, we've been harvesting it for I don't know what 
what the, I think it's like been 20 years that they've been going through all of this garbage trying to find some of this 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 special alien uh, fuel and collecting it and collecting it and collecting it and then it changes Wix's DNA so that his hand turns into this grotesque thing um, that can now operate alien technology and the and the I forget who they are the guys in the camp uh, who are weapons dealers. They're so, the the leader of them is so excited that somebody can finally do that. He wants to take his hand and take it for himself, um, which is really he, his reaction to that scene where Wickes finally can shoot the weapon and pu- puts it up against the guy's head. I think they're the Nigerians, but I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, the guy just kind of laughs and he's like, this is, he's 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 clearly joyful because now we can actually use these weapons. So. Uh, and doesn't he get it? Like, doesn't he s- spill the stuff on himself, or like a yeah, he sprays, sprays it? it? He accidentally sprays face. it because he finds the the um, uh, Christopher's uh, Christopher's assistant, who's kind of a ding dong, uh, hides it in a toolbox on a shelf. Somewhere. Oh, <laughs> and and during the raids when they're evicting everybody to send them to tent cities, um, he finds uh, you know they they feed them cat food. Uh, I think, or dog food. Well, I think it's cat food. Um, it, he finds this little cylinder, and, and Wickus is like, well, what is this? And it sprays up into his face. Uh, accidentally. <laughs> and he's like, pah, pah, pah. Uh, but it gradually changes. It starts to change his DNA because that's the It power. turns him into a protagonist instead of a dick. And before District 9, we wouldn't have known uh, who he was, would we? Like, that that was the oh, first time that we've seen him before. Yeah, that was our first uh, introduction to Charlotte Copley, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I- I think you're right about that, actually. Yeah, yeah. but th- I think he was in a couple things that year that were pretty good. But I, right. I, but that's what that's that was my main that was my introduction to him. Too, that's right? a great that's a great pick, Dingus. Yeah, I love that. Doesn't he catch uh, a missile with it? Who has in a mech? Like he gets in a, a mech. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so my number two favorite freaky hand or claw was Jurassic Park bedroom dinosaur. So we are now down to <laughs> our very. Not what it's called. Yeah, it's all, that's that's the only name I can remember. Uh, we are now down to our very, very favorite freaky hands and claws. Kelly Wand, you've done a heck of a job so far. I don't know how you're going to follow up on Nosferatu and American Werewolf in London. What do you got? Uh, torn between two. Oh, that's not uh, how three by threes work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've saved two Oops, for your number one pick. All right. No wonder he was lenient with me about. Oh, you can change it. It's okay. How many were there? A lot of listener submissions. Because then, if one of them mentions it, uh, well, you're gonna you're gonna just have to wait and find out, aren't you, Kelly Wand? Uh-huh. Or just look. <laughs> All right. Uh... Uh, we have six. All right. I'll do the lamer one then. For my number one. <laughs> Is uh, there's a Disney movie, a live action one from the 1970s, you know, two where Tom doesn't watch the worst movie, the worst decade for movies, according to Tom. In in (laughs) Europe, I mean, come on, American cinema is awesome in the 70s. Nosferatu was filmed in English and German. The thing is, That's the 70s, Hollywood, the 70s, Kelly Wand, we got stuff like Jewels and Jim from France. And That's the kind of movie they had to watch overseas. We I'm had French. We had French connection. Well, it feels like it. Listen to yourself. Listen how dumb you are. <laughs> it's an outrage. Um, now that I've made my point, 
wait a minute. What year is Jules and Jim, by the way? Do you really know? Nobody knows that. Come on, black and it's sixties. It's a post-war movie. Jack off. <laughs> Jules and Jim is that old? <laughs> also, haha, you know how old that movie is. 62. <laughs> Jeez. Wow, that's even worse. That's oh. so 70s. So 20 years before <laughs> Nosferatu. <laughs> that movie actually doesn't hold up. I, I don't think it ever did. No. Well, when I was in college, I'm like, oh, Jules and Jim will be good. I, t- yeah. I took an eight to it, <laughs> and it's about a girl like basically ruining dudes' lives. <laughs> so it's this really shitty date movie. I actually don't think but I've I- seen it. I-, I rented it from Netflix. It was one of those movies that has the distinction of me keeping it when Netflix would send out DVDs. It's super French. It's so fucking right, French. right. So I had it for literally for over a year, like from Netflix, before I finally sent it. As a matter of fact, I think I had it until I canceled my disc subscription. So I could just watch yeah. stuff online, but when I, I watched, uh, yeah, it, it basically sat around in my house for over a year, and I couldn't be bothered to watch it. Yeah. When I watched, it's one of those French movies from the '60s where I just start yelling at the screen, "Just fuck someone else!" <laughs> <laughs> this person's a nightmare. Fuck someone else. There's billions of women. Jesus Christ. Fuck someone else. Anyone I remember else. you having that around you. The house. This is before I lived here. Why is it in the trash? Is that still here? But isn't it? Wasn't it titled Jules et Jim? Well, Dingus, that's the French title. Yes, that's what they called it in France. Here we call it Jules and Jim, right? All right. Yeah, they. they All right. So Kelly Wan's number one pick for freaky hands and claws (laughs) is Jules and Jim from 1962. (laughs) You know what's funny? I didn't even bring up Jules and Jim. You did, (laughs) and I'm not defending it. And now you're making fun of me. After I mock it, never mind. He was I never, escape from Witch Mountain or something. Uh, there's no witches in that movie, although I like you. I like that one. Um, the second one where they fight each other, and they'll really they're just telekinetics. That's not witchery. That's witchcraft. Whatever. It's just oh, a I mountain. I thought it was spelled W H I C H. No, but I was thinking about that board game Witch Witch lately, which was also from the '70s. So I like you. But my number one is the 1979 movie, The North Avenue Irregulars, <clears throat> which is about a bunch of up things. It's about a bunch of housewives, and they become private detectives or something. And it, it's not very memorable. But one of them is Cloris Leachman, and, and she her her thing is she has super long fingernails, like crazy long, like Guinness Book long, like they curl around, and she's really vain about them. And then in the final car chase, and this, for some reason, when I was a kid, this horrified me. But in the final car chase, uh, they break. Like, she's chasing some guys, the criminals, the bank robbers, and they her nails get crushed against the roof of the car, which I thought, oh, that would hurt. Ow, that would fucking suck. I was a very sensitive child. And then I saw American Werewolf, and everything was fine. But uh, – it pisses her off, and she becomes, like, enraged. She's like, motherfucker! Like, Disney version of that. And she just, like, crushes all the bad guys in her car. Like, kick-ass style. Because they broke her nails. I think, too, as a young boy, like, I never understood the the significance of a nail Heel. being broken. So for me, I thought, well, that must mean, like, having your nails pulled out. or Like, I yeah. assumed it was something just horribly yeah. brutal. Because yeah. in movies, <laughs> women freak out about it. Like, oh, God, I broke a nail. And as yeah. a boy, I didn't really know what that meant, and uh, yeah, so 
All right, go I course. I still don't quite can... know what it means, but they have long nails. It seems like they'd be breaking all the time. So it's like a horrible, terrible well, the, way to live. Right. The issue is you want them to all be the same. Like, so when one of them breaks, I right. think you have to cut all the other ones down to that level or you look lopsided. Although right. the, there's that co- the cocaine fingernail where you have one nail that's long. I do remember uh, getting my hair cut once as a kid. And my mom – I hated getting haircuts, so my mom would have to take me that to the barber too. and get a haircut. And Still I remember a, a black gentleman cutting my hair with a super long pinky fingernail, Ew. and my my mom making a reference to it, like, oh, I bet that's handy. And me as a kid, yeah. not knowing what's going on, and he went, oh yeah, I use it for reading. And they were both, I, I think they were, ah. I think they were flirting. Uh, and only that's later, like only later, growing up, realizing that my mom was teasing this guy for his cocaine fingernail. Uh, oh, so she was either horny or she wanted cocaine. No, my mom's a big was a big druggie. No, my mom definitely knew it was a cocaine thing, uh, and that's Wait, what your mom was a druggie. Is that what you just said? Oh yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, and she uh, was she was basically nudge nudge doing that to this guy in public about his super long fingernail. And I, as a kid, had no idea what was going on. I was like, he uses it for reading. Why are you? You still why don't. Does, why does your what? voice have some implication that there's something else going on, mom? Like I remember thinking that, and then eventually growing up and realizing, yep, that's very handy for doing coke. That's interesting. Because that, no, you're so I not drugs. the logistics there. Because don't you just chop it up with a credit card or something? Well, yeah, yeah. But, but you then you scoop up. You, so dingus. normally cocaine, you would do it with like Sweet a little it, dingus. <laughs> in the 80s, you would have like a little tiny silver spoon that would like go into the canister, not canister, into the little vial. Uh, but if you don't have any paraphernalia to like a rolled up dollar bill or if you just right. want to really quickly do what's called a bump, you just dip, dip your fingernail in there and just, you know – into your nostril. It's like your fingernail is a little spoon. But to me, that would be more insane because you would constantly, when you're out of coke, you'd be constantly sniffing your nail. Like, there's got to be some residue in there. It seems like a terror. So you have your finger up your nose, which is unhygienic anyway. Like that alone would be good. Dingus, rescue us, please. Uh, North Avenue Irregulars. Some drug paraphernalia (laughs) advice? Because I don't have any right now. Do you what have a dollar? Favorite freaky hand or claw oh, from a movie? Oh, oh, we're back to the topic. Okay, fine. All right, so uh, for this one, I went with something that you said as you transmogrified the topic over time, and you also said the word cool at one point. Well, all these uh, are cool so far. Name one so that's not why is, cool. Why is it called blow if you inhale it? Maybe the Cloris Leachman one isn't cool, but so far. No. Well, but you know what? Maybe, maybe District 9 isn't cool either. That's kind of scary. I'll be bringing up Cloris Leachman during our uh, runners-up, by the way. But uh, but for this one, here's a uh, here's a quote from my uh, favoriteest freaky cool claw or hand. Um, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? What? Because it's got a magnet on it or something? What? It's Captain America in the elevator, right? Well, that's the quote. Uh, that's just my favorite quote from the movie. But my favorite. My favorite moment with the with a freaky claw hand is the Winter Soldier's uh, the Winter Soldier's arm. That's basically uh, what are you snorting about, or are uh, you doing coke it's right now? It's not freaky. I it's wish it's cool. Eat it um, because the the great moment is when um, when Captain America and, and uh, our friend Chris uh, made me a gift of this. I'm super super stoked to see it again. Um, I watch this scene again. It's after uh, Nick Fury gets shot through the window of Captain America's apartment. 
I know Tom loves this movie, so he's going to love me breaking this down. <laughs> um, and then Captain America grabs a shield and chases, uh, runs through the apartment, running through walls, wall after wall after wall, uh, and then chasing uh, this uh, this guy who's done the shooting up into the the next building's roof. And being used to having the most powerful substance on Earth, vibranium, um, in it's his the shield, cocaine of the Marvel universe. He he throws he you know he does his thing where he throws it at the at the suspect, and the guy turns around and catches it. And Steve Rogers' face, like, is so great because he's like, that, that can't happen. Nobody can catch my shield. What just happened? But he catches it with his hand and then throws it back at him. And it, it's just such a great reveal moment because I didn't know what was going on. But the fact that this weird guy that you, and you don't know who he is yet turns around and catches the shield just and then throws it back at Steve Rogers. You're like, what is, why can he do that? What's, what's he wearing there? Well, he's not wearing something. He's got a freaky claw or hand that is, that is made of the same material. And he's able to stop the shield because he, and, and Steve Rogers thought this is the only bit of this substance on the, on the planet, I think. Um, and so it's a really great moment for me to watch Steve Rogers' face just go, that, that, that can't, this can't have happened just now. Uh, and, and I love the, I just love the way that that scene is staged and the look in his eyes, uh, the eyes of the Winter Soldier, because the rest of his face is covered, uh, for reasons that will be revealed later on in the movie. Um, but just, but just this look of, of sort of blank intensity because his brain has been wiped and all of those other things. Here's flies. But I just love the, I love the way his hand looks and the way that it is used throughout the movie. But my favorite moment is that moment where he catches the shield. Ding, ding. Um, I'll be impressed if he can pick up Thor's hammer. Can Bucky pick up Thor's hammer? No, but Captain America almost did. Captain America can make it, make it move a little bit. He can make, he can make Chris Hemsworth nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough for me. Yeah. Uh, all right, are you guys ready for the number one freaky hand? Does this fit the topic? Um, I, I mean, I would think having a, a bionic arm is a freaky thing, so I'll accept it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. You know. Okay. Well, the thing is, Kelly one. <laughs> Dingus doesn't really have the, the the framework for freaky that you and I have. So he has to rely on Captain America movies. Bucky Bucky at that point is a mystery. I mean, a mystery is close to being horror. <laughs> That's true, Tom. Yeah, my mystery number is just horror you haven't seen yet. <laughs> Very good. Mm. Uh, my number one favorite Freaky Hand or Claw, and what inspired this topic, and what I vividly remember as a kid, and what I think Steven Spielberg also remembers and maybe tried to do, but it doesn't quite work as well, is the suction cup hands on the aliens in War of the Worlds. So the 1953 movie, uh, you see. Because that's got to happen at the end of War of the Worlds is the tripod shut down and the alien's hand tumbles out of a hatch and you know now they're dead because of the the common cold because they don't have any immunity to our viruses and bacteria. Uh, So in the 1953 movie, the hands were uh, three-fingered and they had suction cups on the tips of them. And you saw them uh, 
it, you don't see the aliens much in the 53 movie. Spielberg is more than happy to show them to us. There's a whole design for them. They actually look kind of cute in a weird way. They like with just a few tweaks, you could make them look like cute little animals in a cartoon. The, the Steven Spielberg aliens in War of the Worlds are they're odd, but they, he does give them the three fingers with the suction cups on the end. Um, but I just remember seeing that as a kid. There's a point where it reaches out and it grabs the the lady protagonist in War of the Worlds, the 53 one, uh, and you see it there. And actually, that's when you see the alien, which is a very ill-advised decision because the alien looks silly. We've seen all of these topics, all of these uh, special effects of these really cool tripods. That fl- they're not even tripods. They float around. And they have the eye on top, and they have the weird special. Uh, sound that sounds like crickets or something. Uh, we've seen those, but then when they're hiding in the house in the basement, the dude and the chick, uh, and the alien gets down there with them, there's a brief shot of the alien itself, and it looks just absurd. And it, I, it's it's an unfortunate effect. It looks silly and weird, and but its hand still looks cool. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, we get to see the hand tumbling out of the hatch of uh, the tripods when they crash. So that's my favorite freaky hand and claw of all time. I was the, so sure you were going to pick the hand from the It's Alive poster. Do you ever it's see that cruel. in the movie, though? I don't think you see that. No, I mean, that's great that's in the poster. Why, yeah. yeah, the poster's a misdirection. Yeah. That's what actually yeah. made me too scared to see the movie. Sure, it's oh, terrific. Yeah, it's a great dude. poster, right? It's a terrifying one. But then yeah. when I finally saw it, I'm like, meh. Right? It's dumb. Exactly. That, that's not the Michael Caine movie, is it? I don't think he's in any of those. That I know He's of. in the hand. Oh, you're thinking of the hand. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Oliver Stone. Peter Haynes. Surely the best and most frequently mentioned freaky hands in cinema have to be Emile's toxic waste-melted appendages from RoboCop. He takes a bath in the stuff and, and emerges in a bit of a state with his fingers hanging down like saggy bags of melted flesh juice, a problem he only has to deal with for a few moments before being speedily pulped by Clarence Boddicker's auto. He looked like that before, though. No, there's definitely a Toxic Avenger effect that they do on him when he, uh, uh, yeah, when he gets pulp. Just making fun of the actor in case oh. he's listening. Read the pulp juice line again because it sounds like a weird product uh, description. Uh, saggy bags of melted flesh juice. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, Dingus, this, this is now fortified with saggy bags of melted sp- flesh juice. All right. <laughs> the melted's what makes it sound less flavorful. Aiden Keys says, I thought of a couple for this month. I like the topic. I'm excited to hear your picks. Count Orlock's iconic... Oh, that's his name? Yeah. Count Orlock's iconic claw hands in Nosferatu. Nosferatu is his species, Tom. Not his name. Is that true? Jaws is, Jaws is someone's name. Nosferatu <laughs> is like shark. Shut up. Don't, you're not yeah. going to troll me with that. Uh, what? So Count Orlock's iconic clawed hands in Nosferatu has inspired vampire design for decades after the movie's release. The scene when he rises from a casket in the cargo hold of the ship is one of my favorites. Uh, here's, now, now here's a problem, Aiden. This is exactly the kind of thing that – that I did this topic for, and Aiden, I'm not pulling you over or anything. I'm just saying you deserve better than what you've chosen here because this is exactly the example of where you have the actor wearing gloves and the tips of the gloves do not look like real fingers. They don't behave like real fingers. They behave like latex extensions of someone's finger. So Aiden, your pick of the pale man, which you call one of the best creature designs ever, 
Uh, I just feel like you could do better, Aiden. You deserve better. So this is, uh, he says, the scene featuring him is one of the most dreadful in Pan's Labyrinth, and his hands with the bloody claws oh, yeah. and eyeballs in the palm enhance that. So yeah, it's Guillermo del Toro's uh, designs Doug Jones, who does a lot of work, super skinny guy, who Guillermo del Toro is frequently squeezing into tight costumes. Get uh, it. And Doug Jones is, is the pale man, and he's got hands in his eyeball, and he holds them over his head. But then the extended fingertips, just, they just look like jiggly gloves. Uh, and I always feel bad that – I like that his name's the pale man. Like that's the most distinctive feature. <laughs> that he hasn't gotten much sun. Look, his skin's pale. Forget yeah. the eyes and the hands. Look at his complexion. Brian Becker. His gender. Who says, I've never seen any of the Freddy Krueger movies. I'm not sure he's what? missing anything, Kelly Wan. Oh, really? Uh, at least two of them are good. One and three are both good. The rest okay. are kind of dumb. So here we go. Brian Becker, Pan's Labyrinth. I'm sure a lot of people picked this one, and I don't care. The Pale Man, one of the many monsters Ophelia faces in her quest to become fairy princess, has hands that contain his eyeballs. It freaked me out when I saw it in theaters and freaked me out when I watched it on YouTube today. To be fair to uh, to Brian and Aiden, it is an awesome design. Uh, the whole hands, the whole eyes in, in palms. I remember that from Night Shift, that short story collection. Yeah. And in the doorway. Yeah, 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 exactly. The guy having eyeballs in his hands, that's totally freaky. And as a design, I completely agree with Aiden and Brian in terms and of – And they make him want to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> so he has to yell at his friend, run away. My <laughs> eyes are telling me to kill you. What is this? So let's see. Damn okay, Venus. Brian Becker, blood simple. Uh, M. Emmett Walsh is trying to kill Francis McDormand. Right. For Cohen brothery reasons, Brian yeah. says. Yeah. While trying yeah. to figure out if he can move from one room to another through windows, he sticks one hand into the other room, at which point McDormand stabs his hand down on a windowsill. What yeah. makes this scene gruesome is the stabbed hand plopping around on the sill. But what I found creepy is just Emmett Walsh's small hands in a white cotton glove. That I guess they had to do for the special effect? Or, oh, probably because he doesn't want to leave fingerprints? I don't remember. Uh, it's just not something uh, you want to see coming through your window all on your lonesome, and the image has stuck with me. Uh, Brian still says... Still interested. Those Coen brothers are pretty good at this movie-making stuff. Yeah. Hands. Uh, that, Hands down, the best one. I can't yeah. imagine anybody picked... Because uh, it's not so much... It's more like finger violence is what happens in in uh, Phantasm, where the guy yeah. gets his hand caught in the door and then the finger does crazy the things. The finger is not the creepy part till later. Right. Till it... Arthur Jilvalanjalali says, number three, wow. Deadpool. In the superior Deadpool movie, thanks to the absence of Julian Dennison. Who's Julian Dennison? Do we know Maybe it's that two is? people. Huh. In the Julia superior Deadpool movie, thanks to the absence of Julia Dennison, Deadpool loses a hand – oh, right – and his healing powers oh. allow him to grow a new one. When it first begins to sprout, however, it's the size of a baby's hand, and it looks really creepy since it's still attached to a man-sized wrist. Right, Arthur? Very That's good. That's really yeah. great. Does, is, don't yeah. his legs do the same thing? Does... Well, yeah, his bottom half – his whole bottom half gets chopped off at one point, right? Yeah, and then he hugs a uh, cable. Yeah. yeah. But he cuts off his own hand, and it makes Colossus throw up silver vomit. 
Uh, Arthur's number two pick, Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Quote, he was missing the nub of his left middle finger and was cautious lest the mutilation be seen, end quote. Jesse James' damaged left hand is one of the most identifiable features. Therefore, he hides it to remain incognito. You see this hand a few times in the movie, and the partially missing finger does stand out. I like how his damaged hand is something that causes fear and respect to those who see it. Mm-hmm. And then number one, the prestige, after one of the Bale twins loses part of two fingers thanks to Hugh Jackman's gun, the other cuts off the same part of his finger so their hands remain identical and they can still perform their uh, magic trick. The voluntary amputation is performed so well that it fools Jackman and Scarlett Johansson into thinking that Borden does not use a double. The brief scene of the twins cutting off their fingers is very chilling, and the image of the damaged hands is nothing short of unsettling. Yeah, they have to do it over and over. Josh Lubliner. This was difficult, he says. I guess weird claws and hands aren't something that stand out for me in movies. Get it? Uma Thurman has thumbs <laughs> that are made for hitchhiking in – oh, good lord, yeah. Has thumbs uh, that are made for hitchhiking in the completely ridiculous movie Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. They're enormously gigantic. It's definitely freaky. Also, Keanu Reeves plays an Indian dude. Huh. I never read that book. What's is it? Tom? Who wrote that? What's Tom that Robbins. Yeah. yeah, Tom Robbins. I read Jitterbug Perfume, and I kind of liked it, but then it made me never read him again. Yeah. Still uh, Life with Woodpeckers, another one. Lubliner picks The Pale Man for number two. He says, come See? on. Eyeballs in his hands. That's freaky. And he eats children. That's also freaky, Josh. Uh, where is his mouth if his eyes are in his hands? Is he eating it, with his feet? His mouth is in his mouth. Josh Lovelander's number one pick. This is a good one. Lopan's fingernails in Big Trouble in Little China. They change length depending on whether he's in his old man, businessman, or sorcerer mode. But as as an old man, they're super long and gnarly. And as a sorcerer, he can cross his pinky nails and shoot magic beams at you. Josh Josh, Josh Lovelander describes that as, quote, wicked. Yeah, wicked nails. Chris Markinson. Uh, Robocop, after Emil drives into a vat of toxic waste, you see him walking yeah. around and his fingers have swole up and melted. And watching this as a kid kind of freaked me out a little bit, Markinson says. Robocop's hands freaked me out. Number two, Total Recall. The taxi driver has a freaky, mutated hand with super long, almost claw-like fingers, which must have been a practical effect since it was 1990. I don't remember a taxi driver. Yeah. I remember Quado's hands. The taxi driver, does he mean... Johnny Cab? That's what I'm the thinking. Guy, of. No, the, is this the a robot? Guy, the guy who operates the uh, the driller. The guy isn't he also? Wait, the that pilot? is Quato. No, isn't that the pilot from uh, Twenty Eight Days Later? No. That's Jeremy Renner. The, the it's no, Harold no, the Perrineau. helicopter pilot. Is Harold Perrineau. Not in Total Recall. How old was uh, he? Was he in Total Recall? I don't. Total know. Recall. Wow. Okay. I, I mean, he was Oz. doing – when was Oz? Because that's where I first saw Harold Perrineau. That must have been what? What? Is, no. Lost I, was – I think he's talking about the guy who's like, man, I got six kids at home. And then he's like, but you said there was seven or something like that. I mean he keeps uh, lying about the number of kids he has. Yeah. Uh, Never mind. Yeah. That's something Schwarzenegger's character would – Kelly, one, Oz predates Lost by many years. Hmm. What? Oz, the prison thing. Oh, that Oz. Harold Perrineau was the narrator on it. Yeah. Uh, oh. Whatever, nerd. <laughs> wow. uh, and 
then finally, the number one pick from Chris Markinson. It would be too easy to choose Wolverine's Claws in Logan, so I'll choose Laura's Claws instead, because that's my number one movie from last year. Oh, All right. Uh, uh, Laura. Yeah, the, the little lady. Uh, yeah. The X, little Logan. X-47 or whatever she's supposed to grow up and become. The little lady. Yeah. They're not freaky. They're cool. I know, I right? cool is why, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, what runners-up do you guys have? Dingus, you thought of The Fly, right? Uh, I did think of The Fly, and when you were talking about nails, isn't there a moment where, like, he just, like, pulls the nails off his own fingers, um, and they, like, stretch out, like, because he, he's mutating. Right. Uh, and what made me... It pulls one of the, the nail out, squirts think stuff at it. Think of that as when you were talking about how becoming a werewolf gives you heightened senses all of a sudden, and at for at first for when he's becoming the fly, he's he's got this heightened sexual ability and heightened appetite for food as well, and also just can see and hear all kinds of different things. But uh, as he starts to mutate, his his fingers start to change, and he pulls like the nails off one, and uh, I just have this this image of the nail being pulled like off, and you hear it. You hear it, and there's goo that comes out after it. Yeah, he squirts goo out of it. it um, here. But <laughs> what a scientist! There, there are. There's one that I'm surprised nobody said, but I'm, I was thinking of a different one. Uh, the, I'm surprised nobody talked about Doctor Strangelove, um, uh, and the way his hand attacks him. Um, but I, I, it looks normal, I think, is why. But Cloris Leachman makes me think of Young Frankenstein and Kenneth Mars in that. Because he has this weird hand that he yeah. uses, like when the he's same playing. Same When he, yeah, it's basically the same thing. He, he, when he's playing darts, like he like jams the darts all into the the bullseye, and then uses his hand to make the sound of the darts flying. When somebody, when he's not looking, he's like nice, nice grouping of your shots. Um, so it's yeah. basically sort of the same thing that goes on with Doctor Strange. Also, whenever in. He has to like, like he lights a cigar. He has to, he has to crank it with ninety degree angles. So he lights the cigar, <laughs> puts it in the water, and then it yeah. raises it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, no, but I think that we had a topic that was prosthetics. So, um, I might be wrong about that, but I think we did. So I might, I might have had to have been pulled over for Winter Soldier because of that. Now that I think about it. Um. Okay, Dingus, you're arresting yourself. Uh, so uh, I'm, tr- I'm turning myself in. <laughs> All right. Wow. A reverse Trump. I'm throwing myself on the uh, mercy of the court. Uh, nobody picked the end of Carrie. <laughs> they look normal. That's the thing. You made me the way no, you but phrased. It, it freaks you out. Yeah, but it's, it's just scary. Kelly, what? A hand coming out of a grave does not look normal ever. That is no, the opposite of normal. <laughs> I always, yeah, I guess. By the way, what does that imply? Anything like that? She's crazy, or that her mom is a zombie now, or what? What's the? Did Brian De Palma? It's a telekinetic. So why are her hands scary to you? (laughs) She can (laughs) kill you from a distance. So Tom, you mentioned you used a term called I think you said finger violence. Right, finger damage or finger Sharky's So that that makes me think of since we were talking about Pan's Labyrinth. That makes me think about. uh, what's the Fishman movie that won Best Shape Picture? Shape of Water. Aquaman? Oh. Uh, Shape of Water. <laughs> Aquaman's going to win Best Picture in two months. Where Michael <laughs> Shannon has to, like, have his, like, try to reattach his own finger and it starts to rot and, and get all gross. And well, yeah, finger violence is a whole genre. Yeah, of violence, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm serious, though. What is the point of the end of Carrie? Why does Brian De Palma put that shot in there? That can't be in the book, right? 
No, it's not in the book. But Dress to Kill ends with a random nightmare, too. But a jump scare? Like, just end, leave your audience with a jump scare that has no internal logic. Is that what's happening at the end it of It doesn't Carrie? even have any character logic, because that's a sensible character who, who was trying to help Carrie. So she wouldn't be Carrie's next victim. And Carrie's a telekinetic who uses her hands to claw out of the So grave. you guys are Whatever. with this, then this, this famous scene at the end of Carrie is a cheat, and Brian De Palma's a hack for doing it. Are you guys with well, me on that? We knew that. that. Oh, well, okay. yeah, but it is scary. Because you're like, obviously, because you're not expecting it. You go, well, this is a movie about a telekinetic girl in prom, and like, that's not going to happen. So Wait, whose grave is it, by the way? Carrie's. Her... <laughs> Wait, Carrie dies at the end of Carrie? Dude. What oh, grave? and it's her friend at the grave. Yeah, Sue Snow. I thought it was Carrie at a grave, and it was her mom's grave. Okay, that makes more sense. But still, it... so wait, Carrie's a zombie. So she's not dead. She can, like, persist the dream, through Tom. Death. Oh, The okay. Fury has a real ending. <laughs> Not dressed to kill. The fury of the kid, the head actually explodes. That's not someone's nightmare. It's you, Brian De Palma's wet dream. Do you consider actually. Witter's bone to have freaky hands or claws? Uh, not that are attached anymore. Okay. Uh, so speaking of attached, uh, in the Karen Kusama famous action movie Aeon Flux, <laughs> oh, one of the characters has uh, uh She's had her feet genetically replaced with hands. So she walks around on hands, and, and in the movie, she carefully shoots scenes. It's Sofia Okonedo plays this, uh, I think it's her, uh, plays like one of Aeon Flux's friends, and they're like assassin, ballerina, action chicks, whatever. And one of them's got hands for feet, and so there'll just be a tight inset shot of someone walking on, on their hands, and it's just showing the hands against the ground with the weight obviously on them. And then it'll cut to a scene of so Sophie Okonedo. Like just... Well, no, it's just a, it's just a close up of hands. Like somebody uh, walks on their hands and it's a close up. You can't see the person. Oh, she just their hands and their the wrists. Right. You don't see the whole person. The and then it'll just cut, it. cut up to Sophia Okonedo, uh, just her, her, her body where you don't see her feet. Like they just splice together. It's an editing that she has uh, for the most part. There's a couple of CG shots that she has hands Sounds for feet. Sounds dumber than Nosferatu to me. <laughs> Come on, it's Aeon, it's Aeon Flux, Kelly Wan. That's my point. Look what you're watching and what you're not watching. These columns don't add up, sir. I've seen Aeon Flux three times. Wow. <laughs> it's oh awful every time. You know, there's a there's sort of an exorcist uh, scene in uh, not uh, it's it just looks like it to me. It called it to mine in eighth grade at the pool party where this girl is walking in the same way that Linda Blair walks in, in uh, yeah. the pool. Dingus kids do that. They're okay. limber. They're enjoying it while they can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I watched a horror anthology called uh, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Terrors. And <laughs> but not Nosferatu. Right, not Nosferatu or Jules and Jim. Uh, oh, this is from that. This is from last year. Uh, the conceit in this anthology is that each of the horror sequences has to involve some sort of fight choreography. Uh, it's, it's an interesting take because it's some um, some. I assume young, inexperienced directors, and they're giving it their all. And some of them are very interesting, and some of them are bad. But the the connective tissue involves a really scary guy who has tentacles for on one of his hands. And what they do is the guy just holds his hand up his sleeve, and they dangle 
rubber tentacles out there, and he will jiggle the tentacles. And if you edit away quickly enough and just show brief shots, they look like they're writhing, uh, which was effective. Uh, so blood, sweat, and terrors. I was oh, watching the- American Horror Story Freak Show, and there's a lot of weird hands, like lobster claws. Hands are weird. That Dingus. reminds me of uh, of the of the Sam Raimi Spider Man. I know he's got a hands thing anyway, but but there's that moment where Peter Parker is 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 figuring out his powers, and there's a close up of his hand, which yeah, shows these, horns. which shows these little tiny spikes coming out of them, and that that's sort yeah. of the explanation for why he can crawl rather than ah, to stick on just walls, being right? Sticky, yeah, right. Uh, Dingus in a horror anthology, they'll save for last the really good one like that tends to be you want to end on a you want to go out with a bang when you do a horror anthology so the last segment in blood <laughs> sweat and terrors is about a hard-boiled detective character and he's got voiceover and it opens where he's talking about his ex-wife and a, a femme fatale comes in and there's just a bunch of fight scenes with him and i actually don't recall is there any claim to horror in it but it's just like a detective noir with a bunch of fight scenes uh and the fight scenes are pretty elaborate and they're among the best in the movie and what's notable about this last sequence is the guy who's playing the detective he's just a, a handsome 40 something rugged looking blonde guy he's actually really good he's just relaxed and charismatic and I was like, who is this guy? And he's really good in the fight scenes. So I looked at the, – the movie ends, and in the credits, the guy's name is David Leach. Whoa. He's the director of, like, Atomic Blonde and Deadpool. And, uh, and wow. he's, he's one of the actors in this, and he he definitely stood out as just being really charismatic and likable and, and an awesome fighter because he was a stuntman, of course. Wow. So That's cool. So for that reason, I do recommend some of the segments in Blood, Sweat, and Terrors. Not Jules and Jim. Don't bother with his old Herzog movies from the 70s and 60s, whatever. Go straight to Blood, Sweat, and Terrors. All right. What's the What's the Bruce Campbell one where he has to fight the hand? Evil Dead 2. 3. Evil Dead two, 3, right? 2. What? 3 also, no right? D- That's Army of Darkness, you <laughs> <fucking>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which is it? <laughs> 2. <laughs> he Not never fights his hand in Army of Darkness? Isn't that where he puts a, a bucket on it with Farewell to Arms, the book holding That's it down? 2. Army of Darkness is oh. he goes back to the medieval era. He doesn't fight his hand in the medieval era? No. No. Oh. Although there's a part oh, I guess where it's gone by then. his double comes out. He he fights his tiny selves because he crashes into a mirror, and then he pours hot water, boiling water down his gullet because one of them dived into his stomach. So he's fighting little people. Hilarious. Little I love those Sam Raimi comedies. That's after it's Jumpy Shark. But <laughs> Evil Dead 2 is the last good Evil Dead. Although this TV series has some moments. Uh, other runners-up, gentlemen. Freaky Hands and Claws. I thought someone was going to mention Scary Movie 2 with Chris Elliott. He has like a little tiny hand in it, like deformed. It's really gross and it's constantly – and it's every joke is like how gross the hand is. Like he's making all the food and uh, David Cross is in a wheelchair and they like mock each other. Like, okay, handyman. Oh, that's funny. Let me give you a hand. Oh, why don't you give me a standing ovation? Oh, like – there's another there's a part in Wild Wild West where Will Smith and Kenneth Branagh insult each other, and Kenneth Branagh's insults are racist because he's Will Smith's black, and Will Smith's comebacks are, ah, you're in a wheelchair, and it's really weird. <laughs> so they're both big super, inter- like, super not uh, cool, 
So it's racism jokes versus handicap jokes. Kelly Wand, who is Anna Ferris in the scary movie movies? She's the protagonist of the first five, I think. Man. Even though she dies in all of them. So I've been on an Anna Ferris. She's married to Chris Pratt. She's great. Yeah, she's good in scary movie. She's the Ingenue. So I I watched uh, Overboard, which she was just in this romantic comedy. Uh, I watched House Bunny, and I watched a movie called Oh she's in I know is he, I my she's only she's in frame, Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. My, my only frame of reference for her is the scene in Keanu where she plays herself. Do you know Keanu the, the key and I haven't movie? seen Keanu. No. So there's a scene in Keanu where because he has is to. It good? Uh, no, I, I, you have to like their humor. If you like their humor, yeah, it's good. I like their humor, I think. But part of their humor is that Anna. Uh, Ferris plays herself, uh, and she's trying to buy drugs, and she's totally – like she's basically oh. playing a coked-out celebrity. She's uh, in a movie called Happy Face where she's a stoner. I, that's that's Kelly – Kelly Wan, I ac- it's called Smiley Face, and I accidentally watched yeah. it because I thought it was a horror movie, and it's <laughs> not, and she's amazing in that movie. That movie yeah. is super dumb. It's Greg Araki, by the way. It's super yeah. dumb, uh, yeah, but she is. is so 110 percent committed – to the role yeah. and I, I just I just found her so endearing and just fascinating and how committed she was to the dumb jokes in that she's just yeah. unflappable and smiley face so from yeah. there I was like this chick is great I need to see her in House Bunny and Overboard and uh, I guess I need to rewatch Scary Movie do they give her fun stuff to do in Scary Movie? The only good Scary Movie is the first one although there's some funny Leslie it's like the first two are weigh-ins and the second one was rushed and shitty and horrible uh but the first one's got like kind of good jokes but you're it's a weinstein product so you're endorsing a monster but <laughs> the jokes are really good scary movie dingus do you know Genial who anna ferris is yeah she's really good in lost in translation oh is and she the friend she's the like the other the actress who's like like totally i mean she's very committed and the word you used is perfect she's um uh trying to uh I don't know. Trying the only to get just into comedy that I've ever seen. With, um, oh, geez, what's what's the name of the dude? Bill, uh, Bill Murray. Murray. No, not Bill Murray. Like, the yeah. Giovanni Rubisi. Yeah, Giovanni Rubisi. And and she's just, like, totally Hollywood. And just playing that to the hilt. Uh, and I really liked her in that. So, yeah, I know who she is. Well, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, she's in, um, I mean, I guess this is great for her career, but it's not good for me wanting to see her in movies. She's in a, a sitcom with Allison Janney called Mom. Like, do you guys know that? Like, they play mother and daughter. Was a laugh track? I've heard that's good. Probably. Though. I mean, it's six seasons, so I guess that's it I for Anna I can't do Paris. that shit anymore. I can't do Friends. I can't do anything with a laugh track or... The word... Si- I can't... I've never watched Big Bang Theory. So just because I am, I am on such an Anna Ferris kick, and I love Allison Janney. I watched a, a little promotional trailer where you, they have the creators and the actors talking about their characters, and it's something they use to sell these these new sitcoms and series. So I watched that, thinking, okay, it'll give me a, a sensibility for what they're going for and who they're targeting. And it was just insufferable. Mom, mm. whatever they're doing, not for me. And and I love Modern Family, by the way. Like I, I'm pretty I've never easy. Never watched that either. Yeah. Modern Family has its a, well, but I so think that's the dumbest thing you like. Modern Family. Yeah. 
No, Modern Family is uh, Modern Family is engineered programming to have wide, uh, diverse appeals. Kelly Wand, like Modern, like Mom is very much a, a chick sitcom, I, I think. Um, but Modern Family is trying to reach out to all kinds of different ethnicities Everybody. and races and sexual proclivities and ages. Uh, Modern Family, I think, is a it's you know it's ABC's product of course but i think there's some brilliance in what they're doing i haven't seen it in several seasons though um what's so, the dark movie anna ferris is in that you like oh what dark movie within like a naked dude it was something um, equus no it was one of your like best penises in naked life. dude equus <laughs> dark movie with a naked dude with anna ferris i don't know dingus uh, Oh, are you talking about observe and report with the the where is my mind montage, the slow motion where is my mind with the naked dude? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, is, isn't she in that? Yeah, I need to see that again. I guess. Yeah, but you're wow. Yeah, that's that's my, one of my favorite. I don't know why that popped in, but yeah, well, one of my favorite penises in movies. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Sorry. Any other freaky hands? Should, or should Kelly Wan tell us what we should be thinking about for the next month? Freaky or freaky penises in movies? Whoa, 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 whoa! No, sorry, no, we're not doing oh, that. Oh no, no. no. Mm, All right. Dumb. So Kelly Wan, oh, your three by three is dumb. Yeah. Uh oh. Do you have any... another one in your pocket that's not dumb? No, I have three dumb ones. Four dumb ones. They're all <laughs> shitty. Give us the least dumb one of the four. I'll tell you what, if you don't like it, I'll give you a different one. No, that's Just, not how this works. Nope. Uh, see, if you... That's uh, worse. I'll tell you what. I'll give it to you, and you can change the rule you just said, if you don't like it. <laughs> Retroactively go, you know what? That is bad. Let's see something else. Like Dingus and I can impeach you. Yeah. All right. Do but we then have I, have to, I get to do that? another one, only in the House. Out in the Senate. Oh, That's another thing I don't understand. They, never mind. Okay. <laughs> don't get me started. I want to get out of this era as soon as possible, but the next year I'll probably be even stupider. Uh, okay. Alicia Vikander wrote in, and she said, in honor of New Year's, we should do the three best babies in movies. <laughs> That's not dumb. What are you talking it's about? Not, I mean, okay. I, I things come to mind for me. Including well, stuff you and I were talking about. You've done a topic where of babies that don't ruin things. You did? Ah, Kelly Wand, you, you double kids. dipping. I thought it was kids. I'm almost certain it was babies who don't ruin things, and I got in trouble for choosing hard-boiled because the baby pees, and I thought that was funny, and you guys are like, that is the absolute... And you guys got mad at me. Hard-boiled sounds like it would have been a good pick. I don't know what we were Four thinking. Four three... Oh, Kelly Wan's doing a, a no bookkeeping here. Ruin. It's loading still. No. Um, it's dumb. No. Wait, who's dumb? Me or Dingus? Oh, yeah, I know he's right. Okay. All right, forget it. Okay, All right. We have to do a different <laughs> What's next? Kelly Wan, do you have one we haven't done yet? <laughs> All right, three best farts. Oh, God. Okay. All right, do you want to change it? Yes, Tom? but that's not something that you get to. If you're going to make you, us do this, we're going to do it, and we're all going to talk about Blazing Saddles for an hour. If that's what you want, Kelly Wand. No, not really. All right, <laughs> here's a different one. I like this one because there's math involved. Uh-oh. Three best twins. <laughs> oh, come on. That's awesome. Like, how have we not done that? 
Because okay, surely good. we've done that, right? That's an awesome one, right? Um, well, Dingus was thing. right before. Well, yeah, but I, you were right about babies, and I, I, I looked it up and I didn't see it before. I, I mean, if we haven't done twins, it's about time. Jeez. Yeah, I didn't. Dingus know. doesn't know. Wait, we have done it. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I farts. Three best farts. Oh no! Wait a minute. Those were the only ones you had in the chamber. Oh no! And we're down to that one. See, uh, Kelly, one. We've done that one. We, yeah, okay, we've. Three. we've... <laughs> no, you tell us what it is. You. The listeners are on tenterhooks. They're waiting to okay. find out. If... Three best uh, examples of scenery porn. What's that? <laughs> it's up to you, Kelly Wand. You are in the driver's seat. You are determining what the podcast topic will be a month from now. Own three it. Best scenes, three best scenes of people melting. Okay. Three best meltings. Three best meltings. Is that your final answer? Cheese. Three best soup. Three best event examples of soup. Okay, so now we have 17 topics so far. <laughs> three best soup. Pretty sure so, all right, give it. Give us a, a quick recap. Tell us your thinking and what is the topic. What should we be thinking about for this topic? Well, I was watching a movie with soup in it, and I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, that's kind of cool." We, I know we've done stew before. I know we've done beef stew, but we've never actually done a topic on soup in movies. And soup is in a lot of great movies, like Empire Strikes Back. There. Are, like the Han Solo, uh, he disguises himself when the Star Destroyer spits out its soup. He like hides the Millennium Falcon in the soup trail. So then he goes to visit his black friend. So that's one example. Of, Kelly, you know, if listeners want to participate in this 3x3, three three, how would they do that? <laughs> if you have thoughts about scenes with soup in movies, be sure to send them to 3x3 at quarter2three.com. And I buy um, uh, Sunday midnight. Uh, January January twenty seventh, twenty nineteen, midnight Pacific. Yeah, what Tom said. Midnight of the of the of the Pacific, on the twenty seventh of January, twenty nineteen. Right. Don't try to send it last year. Uh, no next parts. <laughs> next week we'll be doing our top ten movies of twenty eighteen. Join us for that. If you've got, we would also be curious if you've listened to this podcast. Just let us know what your favorite movie was from last year and why. Send those also to three x three at quarter to three dot com. Get this to us by January sixth, midnight Pacific. We would love to hear what your favorite movies are, uh, and we'll tell, you, we'll tell you our ten favorite next week. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Morloxy. It's Christian Morosky and Kelly Wand. In the porn version of War of the Worlds, they die from VD at the end. I wanna hold your hand. I wanna hold your hand. Oh, please, say to me. Also, Tom, the troll in The Hobbit, his name's not Troll, it's Bert. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. What has two teeth and is 100 yards wide? 
the front row at a Trump rally. I like when she puts her tongue in me. I think it's, you don't know about Coke spoons, but you know about that. <laughs> Wait, three best tongues. Change 